Welcome to the Executive Connect Podcast, a show for the new generation of leaders. Join Melissa Arscog as she speaks to a wide variety of guests that bring new insights into leadership, prosperity, and personal growth. While no one has all the answers, by building a community of open-minded and engaged leaders, we hope to give you the tools you need to help you find your own path to success. I'm so excited to have my friend Jacqueline Jack Scott here with me today. Uh, she's a highly decorated special veterans warrant officer with 18 plus years of military service, specializing in cybersecurity and electronic warfare. She is a renowned author, blogger, YouTuber, and podcast host advocating for cybersecurity policies. Jack's founded Outpost Gray, authored Cybersecurity Career Master Plan, and is a board member of the Special Operations Association of America. She's committed to empowering female combat veterans, working on the Jacks Act, and holds a master's in cybersecurity risk management from Georgetown University. Jax has also spoke at Harvard on successful military to executive leadership transitions in the civilian world. Welcome Jax and thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have you um, and talking about a much needed topic, uh, managing up and proper communications. I think it's such a timely um, thing to talk about in our world today. And so just, Simplistically, what is the importance of effective communication in the workplace when it comes to managing up? Well, first off, Melissa, super excited to be here. Thank you so much. And I love like we connected. Gosh, it's been like a couple of years. And I love how just like this community is so small. And I love that you've started a podcast too. So go you. Really, this yeah. is awesome. Oh, this topic is so needed. It's such a topic that I don't feel gets talked about enough, managing up in that communication piece is like foundational for it. So some of the the most important things about managing up in communication is you don't want to, when you're managing up, one of the key things is you're not just managing yourself and the people below you, but you are managing your management. And I think one of the things when you're getting into this space and trying to negotiate, well, how do I manage my manager? Well, the first thing you need to do is see how effective of a leader they are. And what I mean by that is, what I've noticed and what I'm working with right now, because I'm in consulting, so it's always different clients all the time. And if they are not effective leaders, you will be able to tell. Some of the things that you will see is canceled meetings last minute, being very like disheveled when they're on calls. Um, that right there would tell me they're probably not good at time management. They're probably not good at like organizing their overall schedules. And they're probably always having fire drills. So one of the most important things is understanding where they're at and then communicating to them in a way that will help them with their day-to-day -day work while still being effective within your current job, like with the tasks that they give you, but also helping support them to become, for example, like more organized within their space. I love that. I think a lot of times people say, oh, you're, if you have a title and you manage people, you're a leader. And I think that's an often mi big misconception is because you have a title, you're also a leader. Um, so from an, from 
like an employee perspective, how can employees improve their ability to manage up effectively? What could they do to be better at that? So one of the things that like popped into my mind is that there's a book called Radical Candor. So I love that book. I think it's awesome. There's a million other books that you could probably pick. But I think one of the things is having clear, concise communication with your leadership and outlining exactly, understanding exactly from the start. So when I get into a new environment with a client, what I will typically do is I will try to develop a relationship as quickly as possible with them, try to understand kind of where they are, if they're, if they're good at managing their own time, have radical candor, communicate with them kind of where the team is, where they are. And then depending kind of on that relationship, maybe even possibly asking for feedback, that would be something maybe later on that an employee could do is asking for feedback. And that feedback is more, and, and not just saying, will you provide me feedback? But what they could do is they could ask for feedback as far as, and this again, I would say do this in 60 to 90 days. It's hard to do it within the first 30 days, depending on the op tempo. Like, and right now in a contract I'm on, it is extremely busy. So I think I could probably do it. We've been there for six weeks. And I would say, we've been working with you for six weeks. I would love for you to provide feedback as far as the impact that we've been having. And she's been like overly communicating that we're doing really well, but what is really well mean? Right. Can you define to me what that means and what we're doing well, but can you also provide to me some areas that we could improve and what she will be telling or he will be telling from their point of view is a pain point. You don't even have to ask them what a pain point is. They will naturally tell you that. And then you, as a manager, a leader in that space, can then learn like creative ways on how to best like fix that problem for them in a way is the easiest way of explaining that. And that, again, you're going back into you're helping manage up and manage them. And then what internally will happen for employees is the leaders, the managers, they back off because they, you've built credibility. Also, you're making your life, their life a lot easier. So they're just like, they start to give you tasks and then they just trust you to go and execute it. And that's ideally what everybody wants to feel like in an environment. But it's like, it's learning how to manage up to be able to like create that environment for you and your team. Yeah, I, 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 I love that. I was just thinking when you were, you were messaging, like it, a lot of times people say, I've, I'm so busy or I've taken so many calls today. I can't get with, yeah. can't get through my desk or I can't get through my emails or I can't do these things. But quantifying what I'm hearing you say is quantifying how much mm -hmm. and it's being very specific. So it's clear as to, oh, today I had how many calls? Two calls, 10 calls, 15 calls, two calls properly manage is very different than 10 calls mismanaged, right? And um, so I love that you mentioned quantifying and getting clear with the communication. Mm -hmm. um, and then we talk about like communication is kind of a touchy feely thing, right? So we're being very specific, but when you're communicating, how does addressing and sharing your feelings fit into the context of professional communications and managing up? So in my opinion, a good leader, bottom line, is going to have empathy and is going to be an active listener, like period. You need to have those skills to be an effective leader. I just, that's uh, because I've come from a military background. I had to learn empathy. It wasn't taught. That was not a, a key thing as a woman in the special ops to be empathetic. And then I wasn't really taught active listening, hence 
you know, in the military, it's do what I say, don't ask questions. So you didn't have that dialogue back and forth. So I think for effective communication, regardless if you're managing up or anything, I would say this is across the board. You need to be able to sit and listen to your people, sit and understand and have empathy. One of the things that I have done with my current client that I'm working with right now is when we've hopped on calls and it's just been one-on-ones, I have tried to get to know her more where, and she's remote. So we all work in the office, but she's in another area in Georgia. So I just ask her like, why did you decide to move there? Her wife lives in another location. I asked her why. So I take all of these things into like consideration. She has an elderly cat, her vehicle like broke down recently. Um, so she has all these stressors and then I've asked her about, you know, you're in an acting role right now. How is that going? And she volunteers. It's very stressful. So these are all good things for me to understand and having empathy for her because you know this, Melissa, when you're talking about something, I know for me, if I'm sharing my feelings, you, I might have just met you, but if you simply just go, and I'm sharing how frustrating it is to live separate from my wife or, you know, the challenges of being in this, uh, this acting role for me to simply just say to you, wow, that must be really, really challenging. I can only imagine how much you have on your plate right now. That right there is just like, oh my God, I'm seen and heard. Like she gets it. And, and that could be like, it not in a lot of play, like a lot of situations that's in a way, instant credibility. And it also Absolutely. allows them to feel like, Oh, she understands. And so I am building that credibility as we're building out this new program together. And she has just met me, but it's also telling her like, I've got your back. Like I understand what you're going through. So I am going to do the best I can to help make your life as easy as possible without saying all of those things to them because people, that's how people communicate. So again, I think empathy and I think active listening, I think Listening more than talking is so critical when you're trying to understand your managers and manage up. Yeah, for sure. I think to getting clarity when you don't understand too. So listen, yeah. make sure you're hearing people. Yes. And I say what I hear you saying is this, 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 and this. And getting that feedback and re saying it back mm-hmm. to someone helps you really understand. So a lot of times I feel like in the world today, we don't have attention span like we used to, where immediate gratification to the point, get through the day, get through our meetings. But I think re-saying what your expectation is and what you hear helps people because people have different learning styles. Mm-hmm. Talking, sometimes mm-hmm. people don't listen, right? They have to see it written or they have to write it out and being able to understand and having empathy and, and, and truly listening to understand what, what's that saying two ears and one mouth use them proportionally or whatever oh, that yeah. saying, yeah. whatever that saying is. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, I want to add to that too, as far as sharing the feelings, I want to add another side to that. So we were just talking about like somebody who's really receptive of that and having like that nice little dialogue, but there are times, and I just ha- witnessed it And I, for anybody that's listening to this, that like, you're wanting to share your feelings, there will be times, unfortunately, and it just happened where, and like you were saying, an individual spoke to me in a certain way was we were talking about promotion and all I kept hearing him say, and he's my above me, he's my manager. All I heard him say is all the ways why he could not support me in getting promoted. Now I understood he was 
trying, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that he was trying to prepare me in case I don't get promoted again. However, I know I'm a high achiever. I know I deserved promotion. And so when he got done explaining every single reason and not one reason why he would support me, at the end of that, I told him, because I have learned to be a very good communicator, I said, individual's name, I do not feel like I am being like seen and heard right now. And I feel like you are not supporting me. And this is the reason why I am feeling that way based on what you're telling me. And then I actually told him, I said, what I would like to hear from you is that considering the situation that you as my leader will do the best that you can to support me, because I truly think you will support me with this promotion, considering everything that's going on. And you would think an individual would be like, yes, like that, I, I have your back, but for some reason, and I have my I have my own assessment of why this happened, he he lost it. He started raising his voice at me. He started being very condescending. He then told me that my feelings don't matter. So that happens too. And that's where you still have to stand your ground and your your feelings do matter. And it goes back to like find leadership that cares. Sometimes you're not going to be able to manage up. It's just not, it's not, I've had yep. issues with him for months and now I'm leaving his team. So don't be afraid that if it's your first time to try to manage up and it blows up in your face, that is not you. It could be the other person's going back to what you said, he's a manager, she's a manager. They're not a leader and yep. they don't have the proper tools in the toolkit. It has nothing to do with you and your feelings do matter. I love that you just said that. It made me think um, I had a similar situation years ago where um, I was managed by someone that talked down to me and, you know, I have an engineering degree. I have a minor in math. I know how to count very well and do math. And he kept telling me, you know, oh, are you sure you counted that right? And I remember um, I took a step back because he kept, it was only me that he just in a room talked down to in a room. Uh, I just, there was something I, about me that he just didn't like, and I could tell. And so I pulled him aside and I said, hey, like, and I just hit him head on. And I said, I've clearly upset you and I continue to upset you. Is there something I can do better as your direct report that I'm not doing? And mm -hmm. come to find out from this person, his, um, most of his life has been around high alpha powered, women and he's always been told what to do as a man and so anybody that was direct and alpha so like his childhood his wife his family any woman that you know had an opinion that just didn't just do what he said it triggered him and it took me a year to figure it out um and i figured it out and this person came back around to me years and years later and apologized and said, yep, I was wrong. I engaged you wrong. And I just said, Hey, you know what? You taught me something that I, myself, I learned how to stand up for myself, how to champion what I believed. And because you think I'm this way, doesn't necessarily, it means it's correct. Right. I think, I you know, that. people make an opinion about you or me because I'm a blonde that I'm mm -hmm. a bimbo, right? And I, mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And I'm just picking a random yeah. thing, right? And I think it's up to me to decide if that is a valid 
assessment of whatever the trade is or whatever the comment is. And sometimes I think people are just having bad days too, right? Like I have bad days and, you know, I was just mentioning, you know, I got presenting on something and I forgot to introduce the person that was presenting and I just jumped right into what I was doing. And, and so I think we're human and, you know, you nailed it earlier talking about being genuine. And I think people can sense when people are phony. Like mm -hmm. I, I know I can sense when people are saying, you know, the same, how's your day or how's the weather? And you can tell that they're yeah. going through, well, the weather's great outside. Right. And you yeah. can tell they're just they're not comfortable. And so sometimes I try to help and soften that. I'm like, the weather's great, but it'd be better if I was, you know, in Florida on the beach or something. And so I think, and it also is generational too, right? How people communicate. So, you know, from your perspective, are there any trends or tools or skills that is effective for maybe the Gen Z group? Mm, I love this group because a lot of people struggle with the Gen Zs, but I have so many employees that are Gen Zs that I am very close to. Some have even left the organization and they have, I have countless stories that on my birthday or at something they've seen, I post on LinkedIn, I've gotten like a, a, a Starbucks gift card. And then one reached out to me and we just caught dinner the other night. She was like, I really want to connect with you. I haven't, I really miss like seeing you in the office. And, you know, she's like, I don't know, 23 or 24. So what, so I don't have it figured out. I want to start by saying that I don't have it figured out, but I'm just going to tell you what I have done. That seems to have worked. I think authenticity is key. I'm very authentic with my, with my Gen Zers. I'm authentic with everybody. I don't BS. Um, I am very much a, like I over communicate. So I have high expectations for my team. I have realistic expectations too. I know some leaders have, they say that and they're a lot of times not realistic. I communicate at their level, but I also challenge my people. And so with Gen Z's, what I have identified, and this is sometimes hard for leaders because they're like, well, I'm so busy, blah, 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 blah. But with Gen Z's, they need time. They need time with you. They need to know that you care. Now, will you always have to develop, like, devote that time to them on a weekly basis, 30 minutes a, a week, every single week? Maybe for a couple, but a lot of times after they've established that rapport with you and you've set those meetings aside, they just want to be seen and heard. They live in a very overly stimulated environment. And so a lot of these Gen Zs, and I work in cybersecurity, and a lot of them work remote. Um, and they are at, they're like at their desk and they just type and they're on their phones. And so that first initial interaction is a little awkward that from what I've seen, but what I do is I just try to, I ask them like, how are you doing? I, I still, to this day, if we have team meetings and I haven't talked to one of my, um, people in a while, I'll be like, Hey, can you stay back? And I'll just ask, how have you been? Have you done anything on the weekend? Have you done any weddings? I have one from Africa. I was like, oh, what did you, what was the like outfit that you wore? Share with me what, like, what did you do? She always goes and parties. So I'm like, what did you dress as? Is Halloween? What? Cause I know she's a social person. So it's yep. getting to know them. And this is like, to be honest, Melissa, it's common sense. But I think because we have neglected this, like, connection piece because let's be honest i'm a millennial i don't need the whole connection thing as much there's like all these generationals but I, what i have felt is that connection piece is critical for gen z's you yeah. are not going to be able to have 
influence and they are not going to want to follow you and stay with you and give you the highest quality of work if they don't feel like you have invested in them and you care about them. And I think we should take that. I think the Gen Zs are actually teaching me how to be more of a human again and take more time for all of my employees. And I really, I get caught up and I'm busy. And there's times where I'm like, oh, I don't really want to talk to them. But then I stop and take a moment and, and I put myself, empathy, I put myself in their shoes. I reflect and I'm like, how many times have I reached out to leadership and they haven't made time for me? Or when they do, how does that make me feel? Yep. And so it's just taking those moments to remember where they're coming from. And a lot of these kids, and I'll end with this, is because I go, go on forever for Gen Zs, is I feel like they don't have a lot of mentorship in their life. Their mentorship is their social media and I don't know what their family life is. Some of them come from really good backgrounds, but what I've noticed is they just want that quality friendship, quality mentorship. They, they from my lens and being in consulting, they wanna grow, they wanna learn. They just need some guidance. They need to get, you need to help pull them out of their shell a little bit. And you can only do that by being authentic, having one-on-ones, really connecting and really desiring to learn about them. Yeah, I love that. I just spoke at the Texas Cyber Summit a few weeks ago, and I had several Gen Zs coming up to me and asking me, like, what do you think? And, and I would, I, I tell a lot of them, I'm like, shadow people, learn what, what, how people have failed, how people have succeeded, try all the things. I, I, I always say, you know, try a shoot on. If it doesn't fit, try another one on. And I love that you mentioned connection because I do agree. I think COVID brought us all indoors in front of a TV. We weren't mm -hmm. as social. We are a lot of online. It, you know, we want everything now delayed. You know, we used to go places and stand in line and talk to people. And yep. now it's like Amazon and other, other. Uber Eats. Uber Eats has made it so easy. Yeah. To not talk to people or communicate with people. And I, I even see this in the food and beverage industry, hospitality, mm -hmm. how, you know, before when people used to wait on you, they talk about, you know, with you and what you like and what you don't like. Now they say, oh, do you have any allergies? No. Okay. What do you want to order? Right. And I think that's, that's we've, true. We've come to a point where we're transactional mm -hmm. in the world. And I think to your point, Gen Zs, they want to be touched and felt and know you have their back and know you're going to help them and know that, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And I, I always tell people I've managed, the more mistakes you make young, the better. Make a ton of mistakes. Don't do them when you get like in your 40s, 50s and 60s because it's harder to recover. So mm -hmm. how you're living in your 20s, 30s and 40s is how your 50s, 60s and beyond are going to happen, flourish, right? If you're mm -hmm. not communicating with people, you're going to be more lonely, right? Mm -hmm. You're not talking to people. And so I love that you said that because I absolutely echo they want to be touched. They want some of that balance in their life. I hate that word, but I'm going to use the word balance. They want to be done so they can go out with their friends, like you mm -hmm. said, and get you know, get dinner, get whatever they're doing, go and do an event. So I absolutely agree. So from like a, a company perspective, how can organizations bridge that communication gap between different generations from baby boomers who, you know, did things very different than Gen X, Gen Z, millennials? Like how do you bridge those gaps across mm. all different generations? 
Ooh, yeah, such a challenging question. And the first thing I think of when that question, the first thing I thought of when you said that question, it popped into my head was that I was trying to coordinate getting individuals to come into the office. And one of the things I was tasked with, okay, put together a like a program or something to get individuals in. So one of the first things that I did is I brought, there's like, C2. So it's like a junior, junior, not a senior consultant, but a pretty junior person. And she's like, I don't know, maybe 24, 25 in the org. And so I'm like, well, we're trying to bridge this gap, but we've got the majority of the organization is like senior consultants and below. Let me pull her in to this project so she can not only work with me and we can, and we're working on a project together, but I also am going to have her brief executives and like start getting around like associate directors and directors. So one thing that I think we can do is let's start tapping the younger generation and giving them more responsibility because again, they want to feel like they're part of something versus just being a worker bee. So I think that's one of the first things that we can start doing. She crushed it on the brief. Like she flourished. She did so well. And I gave her tasks and she, and I even told her, I was like, you're going to own this slide. I'm not touching it. And that meant like, you're going to, and I told her, I said, you're going to be briefing leadership. We'll do a dry run. You are owning this. So they need to feel like I own something, like I have an impact. So that's a key. And the other thing is this is for higher leadership at any organization is they, I, I think we get so disconnected when we get into those executive roles and we forget the impact it has on the lower leadership, even managers, but especially those like senior consultants and lowers, the impact that we they have when they decide to have breakfast and they set aside time to have a mentoring session for breakfast with like a partner because our highest individuals are partners. So those are the executives. And just setting that time aside where these lower like Gen Z's, these um, like individuals that are new within the organization can come and just in an intimate environment, 10 people, 20 people, and they get to actually ask these partners questions and these partners ask these individual questions. Now you're starting to bridge that gap, in my opinion. I I think events are great, but events are so just like skin deep. That's why those engagements, pulling them in, getting them involved because they're not going to volunteer. They're going to be quiet. They're going to be in the corner, most of them, and they're just going to work. And other thing I've seen is if they don't feel like they're being accepted or part of something, they're going to, they're going to jump every year and a half, they move organizations. So it's like, we've got to figure out how to bridge this gap because then we can keep them longer and breathe, bring them in. But it's really all about like, again, it goes back to communication though. It's, it's being creative on ways that we just can connect and, and learn more about these individuals. I love that. And I, I think the, the more you bring them, like you mentioned up. The different set of goggles senior leadership has. They have they have good ideas and faster ways to do things and things we never thought about, right? And yeah. I think to your point, when you give people the ability to lead something, they learn as well, right? They're nervous, they're out of their comfort zone, and they grow as people. And that is the key key thing: is they're out of their comfort zone, they're growing, and they're bringing perspectives that maybe other senior leaders had never thought about, right? And um, one of the tactics I love is to match my baby boomers up with other generations because 
like social media. They're like, what? Like, what are you posting? We go out to see the clients. Like, we're going to sit down. We're going to have a coffee. And other generations are like, no, no, no. We're just going to get them on a Zoom call. We save ourselves money traveling. We save our time. And I think there's something to learn from all generations because the baby boomers are right. We do need to get face-to-face in front of people. You Mm -hmm. learn more. You, you you know, we've gone away from that a lot these days, seeing your clients face to face, like we're not doing that like we used to because we have Zoom and other methods to communicate, but the baby boomers, they everything was built on that face to face, handshakes, we don't need a contract, we'll just shake hands. And <laughs> yeah. like, and I think that's some, there's something to take from that because like you mentioned, there's a communication factor. There's a trust factor um, that maybe other generations don't have um, that it, they help each other. And I think that um, I personally love hiring all generations. I think everybody has something, you know, all generations, all cultures, all races. I think everybody has different perspectives. And the more we can let people lead their own thing and come up with strategies, the better it is for the organization. So when all everybody's thinking how to build things and how to do it better, leadership is better and the companies are better because they're having ideas brought to them instead of paying, you know, for consult consultants. And not the consultants aren't great. It's just you have people that are in the business tap into that that knowledge and um so just kind of some a couple of like closing thoughts, just top takeaways for people that are looking to manage up or even get confidence to manage up or to have, sometimes it's a confidence thing, even talking to your manager and saying, hey, I'm thinking about this promotion. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Right. Sometimes managers don't even get that. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't get what employees are thinking. So I think from both sides, like whether it's the person managing up or the manager managing the employee, any thoughts on that or any suggestions? Yeah. The promotion thing. So I just had a talk with one of my best friends I've known for like 15, 15, 16 years last weekend. And she's a PA and she deserves a raise and she is terrified to talk to her boss about it. And this is very, very common. I see it more in women than I do men. I don't have any problems with it at all. I'm like, I deserve a raise. I deserve a promotion. But I'm like, here are all the reasons why. I obviously don't prom- like approach it that way, yeah. but I understand the fair. So what I told her and what I, and obviously this is, this is going to be situationally dependent. It's also going to depend on the relationship you have with your boss and all of these other factors, but you have to believe in yourself. And I know that is harder said than done, but you do have to believe that you are worth it. And you like, you have to work on some way of like self-love because a lot of times that fear is based around for women is based around, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Cause I asked her, I said, why are you afraid? She said, um, well, because I want to go into this surgery thing and I don't think I have enough experience and I've got only two years and blah, 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 blah. And she works all the time. And I was like, stop that. Like, most people would not consider all of those factors. Like you have to know where you're at right now is enough to be able to deserve this. So I said, instead of just going in and saying, Hey, I need a, I need a raise. Why don't you, I always like to promote, like go in and approach it very positively. 
And so, and I like to practice too. Like I tell people all the time, run through scripts with your friends. Like maybe you have a friend that's in a, a higher management spot, talk to them and run through like, Hey, I want to pretend that you're my boss and walk through the script. And how I approach it is just assume they're already going to support you. Like put yourself in that. Cause a lot of times we're like, they're not going to support us. We have to get rid of that negative energy and we have to go in as if they're going to support us. Cause we rock and we deserve this, not egotistical, but right. like with confidence. Right. So right. you just go in and you go, Hey, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, it's that time of year for end of year reviews. And I'd love to work with you, like talk to you about how I can like uh, position myself for promotion. Um, I really believe that you would support me in this, knowing that for the amount of time that we've worked together and it's been a great experience working with you, is there some feedback that you can provide me? I do believe that this is the period of time that I should be up for promotion and blah, 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 blah. Because you can really like finesse it in a way that you're still firm, but you're not just like, I need, you need to promote me, like, please promote me and all these things. So I would encourage somebody if they're afraid of approaching their leadership about any challenges or learning how to manage up, first off, you've got to believe that you're worth it. You, and you can do this and then work with friends, work with somebody that you can talk through these scenarios with. Cause I, I still do it. If I get into a challenging situation, it hasn't happened in a long time. But if I, if I'm like, oh, I don't feel comfortable with this conversation I'm about to go into, I will either write it multiple times and read a script, or I will like phone a friend and be like, Hey, I want to talk to you about the situation and how I, how I'm going to present it. Will you give me your feedback? That's like, I've never failed with that. And it's always great, especially if you think it's going to be a really challenging one to get that outside opinion. hundred percent having people to mentor. And I think one other kind of piece is having data. So why you deserve oh, yeah. the raise? What have you done? hundred yeah, percent. So going to yes. a manager and saying, I deserve a raise is a whole different way than saying, you know, on your review, this is what I've accomplished. Yep. This is what I want to accomplish for the company. I'm all in. Um, I'd like to be in this role. What will I have to do to get there? And really being collaborative with your leadership. And sometimes it's timing and timing's not right. And I've asked for roles yeah. and, and not got them. And I think sometimes people don't want to give you the role because maybe they just don't like you or they're intimidated oh, by you yeah. or you, they're looking for a different, they feel like it's a, a male role and you're mm -hmm. too, you know, aggressive as a female or too direct and they want less of that on the leadership team. So I think there's two perspectives. Think about mm -hmm. it from the company's perspective, like what have you done to, to warrant this re, this raise? And two, be okay that timing's not right, but don't stop asking. And it, 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 it is uncomfortable and you gotta do it. You gotta push yourself out of the boundaries. And like you said, having friends, practicing on your friends before, um, and fumbling with friends is a safe place to try and learn and your friends will make suggestions and, and recording yourself and re-listening to yourself and and thinking what I give myself a raise. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and just listening. And, and I've done that for myself. I've recorded myself a few times. I'm like, wow, that sounds terrible. I better try it this way. And, um, I love and, that you idea. Know, uh, I've had, you know, it's funny enough, I've had people walk in when I'm recording myself and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm having a conversation with myself so I can better myself. And you should really see people's face then. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That's awesome. <laughs> oh, but no, I think you're right. You got to push yourself out of your zone. You are worthy. You are worth it. Um, maybe you're not at the right company, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you've been asking for a promotion for a while and they don't listen to you and talk to you, maybe you're in a bad dating relationship yep. with that company and, and you need to, you know, shop your talent. So absolutely all really good perspectives. So two final thoughts for you. Um, any like closing thoughts that you want to share, um, before we finish up? Two, two of them? I have to do only two? Okay. How about five? Whatever oh, you feel comfortable no, no, no. sharing or just That's like takeaways that people... Yeah. Um, I would just wrap up. It could just be one big wrap up of, you know, and it's kind of the last thing we talked about, but anybody that's listening to this, it's all about effective communication. We, everybody needs to learn. And I truly believe I am a really good communicator, but I used to be a terrible communicator, but I still need, like, I still need growth because I'm really good with the people that are in my like sphere of influence right now, but there might be an individual that comes in in the near term that's going to rock my world. So always be on your toes and just remember that communication is more than just words. It's about empathy. It's about taking time in this busy world to truly care about your people. Yep. And just take the time to understand and have empathy and understand where they're coming from. That's really it. I yeah. love it. I love it. I'm so glad to, I love riffing with you. I love, I mean, I could just chat forever about all these things, cybersecurity and veterans and women and leaders, yeah. all these things we could talk about. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Um, maybe you could do a quick plug about Outpost Gray or yourself or your writing or how can people follow you or give us the scoop. Heck yes. Thank you for the plug. Yes. Yeah, so Outpost Gray, that's with a G-R-A-Y, not E-Y. Find me anywhere. It's on every handle. Uh, we are like really vesting in a podcast that we have under Outpost Gray that's actually going to branch out on its own. We're really excited about, but it's called Two Cyber Chicks. So definitely check that out. But that's where you can find all my information on YouTube, primarily Instagram, all the things. And I'm huge in like giving back in cybersecurity. But Melissa, thank you for allowing me to come on the show. This was amazing. You're welcome. Glad to have you here. And that's Executive Connect. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Executive Connect podcast. If you have questions or ideas on how to bring leadership to the next level, email us at executiveconnectpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can catch every new episode. Until next time.